Hi, this is Max Brooks, author of World War Z and Devolution. And for some reason, you are listening to the Booked Podcast. Welcome to Booked, where two guys tell you about the books they're reading. I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Hey, before we get into book stuff, let's talk about some other important stuff. So uh, first of all, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Second of all, please make sure that you like and or subscribe, whichever is available on whichever platform you've chosen to listen to us on. I'll give you an example. If you're one of the few people who listens to this on YouTube occasionally, please hit the subscribe button. Give this video a thumbs up. Even make a comment. Let us know you're here. We greatly appreciate it. But you can do some form of that, I believe, on almost every podcast app. Is that right, Rob? Yeah. And um, people who aren't podcasters probably don't uh, realize is the thing that puts you in front of more eyes uh, on podcast apps is having ratings and having reviews. So um, the more ratings and reviews you have, the more likely you're to show up in the, in the featured podcasts and stuff like that and the different algorithms for those things so that is the best way if you care about us and want us to make us more successful that's the best way to do it now if you don't care about us and you don't care if we're more successful because you're perfectly happy with where we're at just think about this in a lot of cases we're able to bring you even more popular authors based on the number of listens that we have if that makes sense right like we become more appealing to the likes of say i don't know Edgar Allan Poe or uh, like who's another big one? Shirley Jackson. Shirley Jackson. Exactly. So if we can get enough likes and subscribes, you never know. You absolutely never know what can happen. Can I tell you? I know that was a little silly, but um, I watch a lot of stuff on on like Paris on YouTube. So obviously, the more I watch, the more I can relate to me. Have you ever seen the movie Midnight in Paris? I have not. Okay, so it's a it's not a very good movie, but it does take place in Paris and it's about Paris, but it's about a guy who every night essentially time travels and hangs out with Ernest Hemingway. So there's this guy on there that did just the video is so terrible. Um his channel is generally pretty good. It's called the Earful Tower. Uh-huh. Um Yeah, he talks about how he had a dream that he met Ernest Hemingway on the steps where um uh, what's his name? Owen, the actor. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. That's it. Where he meets Hemingway in the in the movie. So he's like, all right, I'm here. It's midnight. I'm waiting. And this guy who's character acting, Ernest Hemingway, shows up. I couldn't even watch the whole <laughs> thing. It was so bad. But he literally pretends that he's Ernest Hemingway, like having trouble understanding what's going on around him because he has time traveled forward. That's I like that. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. So at any rate. But that showed up in my feed because that guy has likes and subscribes. So if you want to hear Ernest Hemingway on this podcast, you know what you got to do. All right. And outside of us um, asking you to support us on the podcast apps and on YouTube and all that kind of stuff, um, there is another way that you can support us, and that is on our Patreon. So uh, for anybody who's not familiar, we have a Patreon. We have had it for quite a while now, and that's where you can choose to uh, support us on a monthly basis and based on your level of support you can get different stuff so if you're just giving us a dollar a month obviously you have our eternal gratitude um, which is not like a physical thing it's just like a feeling um, but you will also get the, ex- the physical the physical stuff comes at a higher yeah at a higher subscription <laughs> level. but you'll also get access early like day before access to all of our episodes of our podcast two dollars a month um adds on on top of that stuff um access to our spoiler talk episodes so sometimes when we review a book we want to talk more about it 
um, but in a way that uh, contains spoilers. So we, we move that over to our Patreon and have a separate conversation. So $2 a month supporters have access to all of our spoiler talk episodes as well. And then there are higher levels beyond that where you can get stuff like booked merchandise. Uh, you can actually even at some levels, you know, choose what book we might uh, review in a year. So patreon.com slash booked you could go it'll list out all of the different uh you know levels you can support us at and what you could expect to get at those levels it's interesting that you bring up spoiler talk because i am certain that there will be spoiler talk for the book we're reviewing this week oh yeah yes sir which is mallory by josh mallerman so i'm going to give you a quick bio um now that we're done begging for support uh here is the bio for josh mallerman he is a New York Times bestselling author and one of two singer-songwriters for the rock band The High Strung. His debut novel, Bird Box, is the inspiration for the hit Netflix film of the same name. His other novels include Unburied Carol, Black Mad Wheel, and Inspection. He lives in Michigan with his fiancée, which I think is his wife. Either way, uh, the artist-musician... Allison Laco. Here's the synopsis for Mallory. Twelve years after Mallory and her children rode up the river to safety, a blindfold is still the only thing that stands between sanity and madness. One glimpse of the creatures that stalk the world will drive a person to unspeakable violence. There remains no explanation, no solution. All Mallory can do is survive and impart her fierce will to do so on her children. Don't get lazy, she tells them. Don't take off your blindfold and don't look. But then comes what feels like impossible news, and with it, the first time Mallory has allowed herself to hope. Someone very dear to her, someone she believed dead, may be alive. Mallory has already lost so much. Her sister, a house full of people who meant everything and any chance at an ordinary life. But getting her life back means returning to a world full of unknowable horrors and risking the lives of her children again. Because the creatures are not the only thing Mallory fears. There are people who claim to have caught and experimented on the creatures murmurings of monstrous inventions and dangerous new ideas and rumors that the creatures themselves have changed into something even more frightening. Mallory has a harrowing choice to make to live by the rules of survival that have served her so well, or to venture into the darkness and reach for hope once more. Now I like the synopsis except that is anybody buying that she's not going to venture into the darkness and reach for hope once more? Um, I see what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, like she's got this one choice what's she gonna do i mean i think it's pretty clear what she's gonna do <laughs> i'll agree but i think overall this uh this synopsis is a good job and it's going to serve as a good structure of what we will talk about in the normal review um versus what we'll have to cover in spoiler talk because um even wrapping up reading this book last night i was like man there's again this is gonna be one of those ones where we can't dig too deep into what's going on in the book yeah um I, I we haven't really said it i know it was a little bit in the author bio but for anybody who thinks yeah that sounds kind of familiar this is a sequel to bird box um bird box we reviewed i don't know six years ago maybe give or take yeah um it was made into a blockbuster netflix movie i think as of last week it still has like the second or third most views like in its first seven days on netflix so um, chances are you're you're a little familiar with it if you've read it or or seen it or you've just seen the memes, right? So many memes. That reminds me. So uh, when the Bird Box Netflix movie was like at its peak popularity, um, I can't remember. I was on Reddit or something. I was somewhere, and um, 
someone had posted a screenshot of like some Atlanta nightclub was having a bird box night, which basically meant like it was like whatever normal party they did, but people had blindfolds on. So I, mm. I, I forwarded it to <laughs> Josh Mallerman because we, you know, we've, we've been in contact with him and stuff. And, uh, I said, I bet you never thought like this was going to be the the result of your book. Oh, God. Dude, that and, just sounds yeah. like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Like bird box a bunch night. of drunk, bunch of drunk people in a nightclub blindfolded. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but it was like a it was a sensation. It's probably like of books that we've reviewed during this podcast, the one that became a the biggest sensation. Like it 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 entered into popular culture. Oh, for sure. For sure. I just, you know, I, I've said it before and I guess I'll say it again, then I'll probably let it go. It just makes me sad that that's how it made it like such a great book, but it took a goddamn Netflix movie to, to get it into people's minds. That's the part that upsets. Like, I'm always very happy when something is adapted to film because I get to see like kind of another take uh, mm-hmm. on a story that I like. But you know when that's what like launches it into the stratosphere like i'm like but there was such a good book that everybody could have read and kind of enjoyed in a different way and you know it is what it is yeah for anybody who uh wants to know just the exact like uh scope of what livius is talking about if you go back a couple months uh we talked to josh mallerman and one of the things he talked about was actually like book numbers like sales numbers and um he goes over what he was selling of Bird Box before and after the movie released, and it's staggering. So jump back to our Josh Mailerman. It's just a few months ago interview if you want to listen to uh, him talk about that, which is insane. But I will say, on the other side of things, um, because of the movie, um, that was kind of part of the inspiration for what this book became. So without the movie the Mallory book may not have happened or may look different. So there's that positive side too. That's a good point. And I, and I mean, he addresses it kind of in the acknowledgements. You're right. Maybe Mallory wouldn't have happened without bird box, the movie. Yeah. So regardless, we should probably talk about the book. We've, we've made people listen yeah. for like 10 minutes now to other stuff. They probably like, I just want to hear about this book for sure. So, um, it's a little bit of a time jump between bird box and Mallory. I believe it's two years. Yep. Where we pick up with Mallory and and her two children, um, Olympia and Tom, is they are still. I guess there's probably should probably warn people there are spoilers about Bird Box in this. <laughs> so I don't know if that's really necessary with Bird Box's <laughs> right. fame, but um, they're still at the school for the blind. Um, but very very briefly, because the unthinkable has happened, people at the school. Um, have started going mad from seeing the creatures, including, and I mentioned this because it's it's an integral part of the story, at least of Mallory's story in this book, including a woman who's blind. She has also been driven mad by the creatures. Yeah, this is like first chapter stuff. Like, you know, it opens up in the school for the blind and it opens up, you know, pretty, nothing crazy, but almost immediately jumps into people have gone mad. And like just like Livia said, specifically Mallory seeing this blind woman being mad, which, you know, changes the entire structure of what Mallory thought was possible or, or like the danger that is caught like posed by 
these creatures in general because her entire safety structure is built around if you don't see it you're safe so right off the bat it destabilizes everything that like mallory has been working on to protect her family so mallory does what mallory does and she survives she gets her kids and she hauls ass out of the school for the blind and that's just the like prologue of the book so um getting into the story we we jump forward uh, about 10 years and mallory and olympia and tom um, uh, Tom being her biological son and Olympia being her uh, adopted, it's not officially, but, but the other child that she's raised that was born right around the same time Tom was, um, they are now making, uh, their home at camp Yadin, which is a, a, a summer camp. So lots of buildings they they've over the years have, have shorted up against creatures. Um, and then we start to learn a little bit more about the creatures than than we did in Bird Box. And and I'll I'll say that um, I don't you know. And I read Bird Box a long time ago, and I saw the movie two years ago or whatever it was when it came out. But I feel like pretty quickly we're introduced to some things about the creatures. Like the creatures have never on record like attacked anybody. Like if you're standing in a room with a creature, you can if you're not looking, you can essentially leave. So they, they've been able to, like, figure out the way to, to live their life with creatures. I don't want to say all around them, like, constantly, but they do come into close proximity with creatures very, very often. Um, but they've made this, this existence that's not particularly terrifying. They seem to do a pretty good job living day to day, just the three of them. And it's been like this for 10 years. I'll, I'll comment on kind of the, the lifestyle. So one of the things becomes very apparent with now you've got children who are in their mid-teens um that's when you know kids become like little assholes again where they want to rebel against everything and they question everything and so you have to imagine that for children who grew up in this situation um and live under the strict rule of mallory who who is is very um rigidly adhering to her structure she's built for safety uh, it's got to be tough on the kids. And so we see a little bit about how the kids, you know, Mallory will tell them, no, put your blindfold on, whatever. Like there's like mild uh, urges for, for rebellion and stuff where they, you know, maybe they you know, don't put up their hood when they go outside or something like that. One little step that they know probably won't mean their ultimate demise, but still would piss off Mallory. So that you've got these the dynamic is that Mallory is, is rigidly adhering to what she thinks they need to do to survive. Um, and you've got teenagers who, you know, as, as teenagers and people who are growing up to become adults, you rightfully just want something more than that. So Josh definitely introduces that, that hint of, of uh, not conflict, but of questioning and pushing back a little bit uh, early on. And, uh, also very early on something really crazy happens when someone appears at the camp and i'll let livius talk about that a little bit so one of the things so there there are a number of things that are introduced through the course of this book and some we can talk about here some we'll have to talk about in spoiler talk that i i think really um we have to give josh credit for for i wanted to say accurately 
but I obviously there's no way to know that. But but for like <laughs> foreseeing what kinds of things can happen, what types of solutions and whatnot can happen in a essentially a post-apocalyptic landscape, right, where there are these creatures. Um, one of the things that he introduces is uh, somebody who is a census taker. So there's a guy going from town to town and trying to find anybody he can and record their names, their location, information about them, but also like their story in like what types of things happen, what types of encounters they've had with the creatures. So um, it, it says in the in the um, synopsis that uh, there's, you know, rumors of people who claim to have caught and experimented on creatures that that information comes from the census taker who has written these things down now for those of you who have seen a red bird box and i, I plan talking about this a little, little more later um mallory is probably the least likable protagonist i've ever rooted for <laughs> in that um <laughs> you know she's she's look she's doing the right thing right she's like looking out for herself um, but time has not been kind to Mallory. She has become even more Mallory um, in raising these children for, for 16 years. So she wants to have nothing to do with the census taker. He needs to fuck off before they kill him. You know, that that type of thing. Um, not necessarily in those words, but y you get what I'm saying, right? But he does leave some information behind, which intrigues Tom. Um, Tom, her son. Uh, I'll go a little deeper than, than Rob did. Yes. Is at that rebellious age, he's 16, but he's a tinkerer and he's a problem solver and he's constantly uh, trying to think of better systems or ways to uh, make their life easier in the face of the creatures. Or uh, even in some cases, he's been working on a device um, that he thinks you could be able to actually see the creatures without going blind. So he is hungry for information from the outside world. And he's really um, ignited by information about people being, you know, that maybe have caught and experimented on creatures. Like he wants to be part of that. Uh, Olympia, on the other hand, the daughter, um, you don't get the sense that she's as unhappy with the situation as Tom is. She's she's a lot more docile in, in how she handles um, things with Mallory. Um, she's just a softer, um, kinder child than, than Tom is. Tom is a, you know, hormonal 16-year-old kid who, you know, doesn't want to continue to live in the camp. So the census taker is really what kicks everything off, as it says in the synopsis. In the part of the census that he leaves behind um, for them, they uh, they come across a name or a set of names that's very familiar to Mallory. And I'll leave it up to you. I don't know. I don't know if that's the right thing to, to go into that or not. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to reveal who it is, but um, absolutely. It, it's someone who, like in this synopsis, said she had thought uh, to be dead. And so when she discovers through... Uh, the census takers information, which obviously she's incredibly suspicious of, even though the kids see it as like, you know, this amazing revelation of like information because their entire life has basically been a lack of information. Um, yeah, it's it's it creates a massive conflict for Mallory because she knows that the smartest thing to do to survive is to stick to what they they've been doing but like she's also destroyed by the fact that she already grieved for you know the people mentioned and um 
like if there's a if, if there's a chance that she could be reunited like there's a strong feeling in her that she would want to um so that's her conflict um and then externally adding on to that conflict is the fact that you know tom wants to fucking go and um olympia like livia said she's kind of in the middle and i i always saw her as she kind of sees all sides of things and she understands why mallory enforces rules the way she does but understands why tom um has a legitimate reason to want to push back and learn more and, and explore and experiment so that's the that's the big conflict um, but it also introduces kind of an opportunity uh, to to try and go out and see if they can reunite um, that they never knew was possible. So, and this is where we're going to start talking vague and seeing where the other person wants to go with it because <laughs> I don't know how far you want to go into it, but like, um, yeah, they, there's opportunities that are available that they never would have thought of that entice the idea of let's go and see if we can find the people believed to have been gone. I said it on the previous episode, um, but I'm going to say it uh, again this time. Um, it is now July 19th when we're recording this, and I can hear fireworks. Apparently, every Sunday night around 9 o'clock, there are fireworks from some idiot wow. who lives here in the neighborhood. So in case that comes over, that's what it is. Yeah, it's it's tough to say, and maybe we'll, we'll talk about some other things first and make a decision. Um, one of the things that's introduced is, um, and I, I guess this isn't, like a real logical leap if I had to sit down and think about it. Olympia and Tom both have skills that uh, probably aren't available to anybody who is an adult when the creatures um, finally revealed themselves. And because they've lived their lives differently, um, you know, under darkness and, and blindfolds and whatnot, um, they, they both have skills. So as much as like, they're dependent on Mallory for their safety. Mallory's also kind of dependent on them. So they both have like really heightened hearing, um, which can be very helpful because they can hear creatures and they've developed a sense of hearing where they can tell the difference between like a creature's footsteps and like, say the footsteps of a deer or a man. And they could hear it at ranges that are unavailable to Mallory. So I think it's kind of interesting that Mallory thinks she's keeping them safe but in some aspects, I don't know how mm -hmm. well Mallory would do w without them around. You know, like Mallory thinks she's the, you know, she's the whatever, the wall between the children and the creatures. But but there are parts where I feel like they're almost just humoring her. Yeah. And there it, there's interesting psychology to that that um, I think is explored pretty well in the book. Um, I'm not a parent. And so... I don't understand necessarily firsthand what the parental instinct to protect someone is, but I, f I took it as you have to think of yourself as like the thing that's going to always protect your child. So yeah, but it is a little bit delusional because, and, and their senses are keen enough where at one point in the book, and this doesn't spoil anything, Tom says um, to someone, I can hear the fabric when it's on your face. So his hearing is so mm -hmm. attuned that he knows without looking, whether you're wearing a blindfold or not, which is pretty wild. Yeah. And like I said, that's just one of the cool things that, that Josh introduces in this weird post-apocalyptic creature world. 
I think he did a really good job. And, and like I said, a lot of this will probably come up in spoiler talk. I'm still kind of deciding if we want to talk about the other thing. I don't think we should. I think it might suffice <laughs> to say that uh, it's possible that Mallory and her children might have found a way to get from point A to point B um, without, um, you know, <laughs> all I could do is picture Sandra Bullock with both her arms out, you know, with the blindfold on without like walking down the street like that for, you know, hundreds of miles. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, anybody who's read or seen Bird Box um, will remember that fucking crazy trip to the grocery store where they all get in a car and are running over shit and it's just like mm-hmm. precarious and it's obvious that like taking a car or riding a bicycle you know those types of things are just out of the question so like how do you yeah do anything but walk <laughs> in this situation um yeah so and, and then I'll, I'll reinforce what Livia said i feel like one of the strengths of the book and i'm speaking sp- partially about what we've already said and partially about stuff we're only going to talk about in spoilers uh, is how thoughtful he evolved the living situation from when in bird box, it's the outbreak where the creatures are first introduced and everything goes insane. You know, that, and that, what is it? Five year span that that books takes, takes place over to 17 years after um, is when is the present day for this book. And what has evolved, how people have adapted, um, is from physically adapting like the kids have to Mallory basically feeling backed into a corner of like, this is the one thing I can do. And then all of the other types of like personal, um, innovations, like necessity is the mother of invention. So if you can't look, how do you survive? How do you live? And I think he did a great job of exploring, like the different types of solutions that people would come up with from the very practical, like Mallory, all the way to pretty fucking insane. I wasn't sure when I was going to talk about this, but I think because you brought it up the way you did, this is a good time. Um, There's something a little genius, and it might be incidental, but from a storytelling standpoint, like we learn about all these things as Mallory and Tom and Olympia do. Right. Because they've been holed up the whole time. Yep. So other than getting the all right, Tom's got really good hearing and so does Olympia. And, you know, they've been living at this camp and, you know, there's they they don't know anything about the outside world. Basically, Um, they have a neighbor that, you know, Mallory hasn't seen in years. Like, right. She goes to visit him and talks to him. But we everything is revealed to us as it's revealed to the characters. So there's not a lot of, you know, chapters full of like catching us up on the outside world. It all comes very naturally. And like I said, I, I you know, it, if you think about it, it it's pretty brilliant. Um, but the fact that we jump forward, they've been recluses this whole time. I almost feel like it's a little incidental, but either way, it works out really, really well from a narrative standpoint. I'll agree. And as you were saying that, Something occurred to me, and I want to see if you experienced the book the same way I did. Let's say a part of the book takes place from the perspective of someone who has a blindfold on. Are you imagining just blank black, or are you imagining stuff still? Because when I was like, when I was seeing, seeing in quotes, blindfolded person stuff, I just, my imagination was just a black nothing. But like when someone was seeing things with their eyes, like when they're inside and it's safe, I actually tried to envision what that looked like. All right. Well, I read all the scary parts with my eyes closed. 
That's weird. So I'm not sure that. <laughs> that yeah. um, uh, no, I. But you see what I'm saying, right? You know, absolutely. And I had to think about this, so I had to think back to scenes in the book. And you know what? I, 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 I did not. I saw them all in like third person. I saw them like you would see a movie. Okay. So if there's so there's a situation early on where Mallory's, um, you know, in air quotes, sweeping the camp um, to make sure that the the uh, census taker hasn't stuck around. Right. So I'm seeing her going through rooms. I'm not like seeing anything through her eyes or through her blind. Does that make sense? Like I'm picturing. Right. You're not seeing her perspective. I'll say it out loud. I, I'm picturing Sandra Bullock going through because, how, you know, how else can you, <laughs> That's, how else yeah. can you see Mallory now? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I totally see it from a third person perspective. So, no, I did not have the same experience as you. Yeah. And I don't even think it was a conscious thing. It was just like. That's how my mind, you know, decided to, um, you know, experience it or whatever. I don't know. It'd be interesting to hear what other people say. Like, Rob's a fucking weirdo or whatever. Um, anything else you want to talk about story or, or, or plot or anything before we jump over to spoiler talk? I feel like we're bumping up against stuff now. No, we're going to go over to spoiler talk and, uh, and knock out uh, what I think will be a pretty lengthy discussion. So I know Rob mentioned it at the top of the episode but i'll say it again patreon.com slash booked um is where you can catch spoiler talks in the two dollar per month category or more or more yeah absolutely (laughs) if you pay more you get everything that's below it so and just like that we're back from a very productive spoiler talk over at patreon.com slash booked um i think rob and i only like had divergent thinking in like one part uh, um uh, about this which probably lends itself to the great writing that there wasn't a lot of things for us to to disagree about yeah and the disagreement is so minor so yeah oh yeah, for yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's not like it's like we agree on everything except for the conclusion it's not that it was something right. very minor. No, no. <laughs> yep for sure so um uh let's do uh, wrap-ups i'll i'll go first this time cool um loved bird box the book really liked bird box the movie um, you know, word of warning, if you read Mallory and you've seen the movie, you can't not think of her as Sandra Bullock, good, bad or indifferent. Um, I like that he kind of doubled down on the Mallory character. I was not a huge fan of Mallory's like I wanted her to do well. She's the protagonist. She's who we're rooting for in Bird Box. Um, but man, she got worse um, over the course of. <laughs> of the last, you know, 12 years since, since we, we left off at bird box and I respect, uh, Josh for doing that. I mean, the goddamn name of the book is Mallory and she's not terribly likable, right? But she's got these two kids and the kids are really likable. Um, it's a great story. Uh, I'm very happy that Josh had the opportunity, um, to revisit the world that he created because I think some really, really well thought out things, um, came of it. It's uh, the, the, the multiple possibilities that he explored, some of them in actuality, like we explore through events in the book. Some of them are just theories, but they're all really interesting. And I'm really, really happy that we got to take a look and see what the future looked like for that world through Josh's eyes. Um, I don't know what to say. The book is fast paced. It's it's got some thought provoking stuff in it. It's got really solid characters and really interesting ideas throughout. Um, so on the eight 
eight to topic scale that rated it. Um, this averaged out to 9.38, which is ridiculously high. Um, I'm not going to go back and look through all of them. Probably the, one of the high, at least one of the top three scores I've given this year. All right. Uh, I'm going to try and not mirror too much of what Livia said, but I agree with, you know, practically everything he said. I was also a big fan of Bird Box um, book and also film. Uh, I did see Sandra Bullock as as Mallory throughout. And yeah, it's a Mallory story. Um, what I liked about this book, the strengths that I think uh, made this book so uh, good for me were um, developing beyond the initial kind of craziness of Bird Box. We got a chance to look at what some of the long-term effects of like the trauma of what they've gone through are. Um the long-term survivability of, of certain characters and what you can do to adapt and survive. Um, we got an entirely new perspective on what it's like to have only ever lived with the creatures on the, on the world. Um, and he just did a great job of expanding on thoughts that were planted, like seeds that were planted in bird box or questions that naturally arose because of the story of Bird Box, um, got explored nicely in this book. Um, it's very character focused, and I'll agree the Mallory character is very dislikable, but the book tells you why. And I think that that's very important because we are voting for Mallory. We love Mallory, but she's kind of tough to deal with in this book. Um, the kids are very strongly built characters. And I think that they are um, kind of the backbone of the story in a lot of ways. And uh, so those are the strengths. And I, and, and for me, there's a lot of ingenuity with the direction that he took the book, because after reading bird box, if you ask me, Hey, what would naturally happen next? I'm thinking about what are they going to do in the school? I'm not thinking beyond that. So, um, just well thought out. Um, he's a great storyteller, and that's obvious because uh, it's just a wonderful story that was just so captivating. Um, my overall score, 9.25 out of 10, which gives this book an overall rating for the podcast of 9.3125. Also fairly certain that's our highest score this year. Yeah, and we've been—it's been bangers lately because I think every episode we're like, I'm pretty sure that's the biggest score, and then like we beat it with the next one. Feel bad for the next book. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, tough shoes to fill for sure. All right, um, I don't. Do you have anything else for tonight? Is that it? Is that a wrap? No, I think I'm all talked out after this like lengthy discussion about Mallory. For sure. Um, go back and listen uh, to our interview with Paul. It's the episode prior to this. If you haven't listened, it's a great interview with a great discussion um, on Survivor Song, his most recent book, on writing, on his new book deal, all kinds of exciting stuff there. Um, here's what's coming up for sure. For sure, The Only Good Indians by Stephen Graham Jones will be our next book review. Um, we are in the scheduling phase of scheduling an interview with Zoya Stage, so expect that in the next 10 to 14 days uh, in all probability. Um, we're trying to work on getting Josh on the podcast to talk a little bit about Mallory. I know it's release week for him, so we'll see how busy he is, if he can carve out some time for us. But I expect that that's likely to happen. 
And who knows? It's been a while since we've had Stephen Graham Jones on, so there's a good possibility that in the future um, we'll be doing that too. So uh, still in the middle of the most exciting month of the year as far as I'm <laughs> concerned. Yeah, well, and then... I'm, I'm going to mirror what you said earlier. I feel sorry for next month. Yeah, because I, I didn't look at the <laughs> schedule for next month. I don't think we have anything going on in August so far, right? <laughs> yeah, we're the planning stages are are very early right now. So, um, yeah, not really sure what's going to be. I'm sure we have a few books that are in like September, October, but um, August is a little bit shakier. Yeah, which is probably okay. It's going to be, well, we'll see with all the craziness going on. It could be very, very busy for me. So maybe not doing like seven episodes in August is a good idea. Yeah. We, yeah, we've already done more than an episode a week. So like we could, we Mm -hmm. could stand to take our foot off the gas a little bit, I guess. A little bit, but you never know. Like I said before, subscribe, like, comment, and uh, who knows what that's likely to bring us. Um, I, I guess I'll say I do know that we'll have one other pretty big interview coming up later this year. So, but either way, there's there's stuff coming up. Likely Jeremy Robert Johnson, who we've been talking to um, about his new release uh, later this year. I don't know. We're going to review another Jonathan Mayberry book. Who knows what'll come out of that? Lots of great stuff still coming up. Yeah. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Josh, for writing Mallory because it made our July even better. And uh, until next time, I'm Rob Olson. And I'm Livia Snedden. Keep reading. <laughs>